0: Long, long, long. Bought a mic. Bought a mic. We bought a Saga. We bought a possibly abusive relationship. Forty years in the making. J J bought a Cameras. camera. And made a movie. Good for GJ. Hello and welcome to we bought a mic a pop culture podcast where every week we talk intellectual property brand entries in long-standing sci-fi series of
1: films this week we're talking baby Yoda strictly for the next four and a half to eight and a half hours. deep dive yeah
0: deep dive talk about those wrinkles we're talking star wars boys i'm Ernest. i am the dead speak (laughs) hunter and joining us is a dear friend of the pod adam sidorius welcome to the show
2: actually i gotta correct you there my name's adam skywalker (laughs) (laughs) yeah um coming from a galaxy you're
1: you're uh forced shifting force phasing into our lives as drew uh force fades himself off the edge of the planet no drew today uh drew, I, I, so this we should say for the listeners at home this was the movie that turned drew into a star wars head <laughs> ever since he saw this he has locked himself in his house and has just been watching the movies on repeat
0: he did say that we should, on the pod, try to predict what his feelings of the movie would be. Because when, when the critical uh, reception started coming out, I could feel it through the force <laughs> that he was not excited to see this movie. And, you know, without getting ahead of ourselves, I don't know if he would hate it. I feel like because he doesn't really care about Star Wars, it's official Wabam canon that he's not a fan
2: feel like he would think it's fine that's how my dad felt he doesn't like care about star wars and he enjoyed the movie just on the basis of he's like i don't know who any of these people are but you know shit exploded and like it was funny yeah
1: yeah i think that is the thing that i'm starting to see more that i mean especially in the aftermath of the last jedi which ryan johnson tried to take the universe and put it in bold new directions and people were very angry because they played with their figurines in the wrong way and they didn't mm-hmm. like the way they didn't put the, their toys back in the box. Um, and so you have JJ come around and at least... I'll I'll save my full thoughts before we get into it, but at least he is playing the hits. He, he knows uh, what to do yeah. with the characters for the most part. That's what people like mass audiences just want to see, whether it's satisfying or not.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to belabor the, the point. I think we should get right into it. This is the ninth movie in the Skywalker saga as it's being branded. A series 40 years in the making. Wrapped up in, in the 80s, then in the early 2000s, and now it's wrapping up again. Since 1977, it's been building up, acquired by Disney, and now in the hands of... Mr. J.J. Am- Abrams directing and writing with the help of Chris Terrio, who will uh, we'll talk about, um, I'm sure, plenty, um, known for hits such as Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. Hey, don't
1: forget about the guy who originally wrote this thing, Colin Trevorrow.
2: Release the Trevorrow cut.
0: Yeah. Is yeah, all I'm no, saying. I thinking
2: about today. I'm like, I kind of want to see it now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> This movie's a huge deal, you know? It's a huge fucking deal that they put so much work and money into it and that it's being heralded as as the culmination of a nine-movie series. Um, A series that began in 1977, began again in 1999, and then began again in 2015. And they're saying, this is it. It's not it, folks. It's not it. They're going to make more. But for this iteration... It seems to be it. Maybe. So, having said that, Adam, what did you think of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker?
2: I thought the Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker was a perfectly enjoyable entry to the saga, and like you said, it is definitely not the last one. Um, So I'm kind of I'm almost more annoyed with the marketing campaign for this movie than I am with like the movie itself because I'm kind of getting really tired of the nostalgia pandering like it's like it worked with endgame because it really did feel like an ending but this is this doesn't feel like a definitive end to anything at all like it just feels like another episodic movie and in that sense i enjoyed it i think it's a well-paced movie it's funny at times um it's very well shot um dan mendel is the dp again and it looks beautiful um all he did the force awakens
0: right I- mendel
2: mm. yeah, yeah yeah i think yeah. so at least if I'm wrong, uh send me some hate mail, please. Um, yeah, I mean, all the character i mean all the actors are doing great jobs in the role again um I, I mean, it's a good movie. um, I think I can talk more about my gripes with it when we get to spoilers, but I enjoyed my time with it. Hunter, what did you think
0: of the rise of Skywalker? Well,
1: I guess I'll just um say it that uh. I really, I'm happy for people that this movie worked for. I' not going to take the same side of the people who hated the Last Jedi and say that if you like this, then you're stupid or anything like that. Um, I, well, I will say, those, that's okay. Okay, all right, cool. All right, um, this movie just did not work for me at all. I just, I, I want to know more, and we'll have to save for spoilers, uh, Adam. But for me, this movie was just like it was like watching a high-speed train crash (laughs) in that, like, it moved so quickly that I didn't know what was happening and it was just a jumbled mess and I was like, it's over. (laughs) And that's it? And no one died? (laughs) Cool, okay, I guess that makes sense. And then I just kind of turned around. Um, Before we started, I had to pull up the plot description because I saw this movie yesterday and... As the minutes flow by, it's leaving my memory like just rapidly as we speak. Um, I think it's kind of frustrating because I don't know if everyone who doesn't like this movie will agree with it, but I think that there are good nuggets of movies in here. And I think that this movie could have been saved. And it tries to juggle uh, retconning everything The Last Jedi. And. Trying to pay fan service to not only this trilogy but to all of Star Wars, including the prequels, in one two and a half hour movie, and it just became a convoluted mess for me
0: yeah, I found this movie borderline abysmal that's the word I used in our group chat um recently, and you know after sitting on it um. I don't know if, if part of me thinks that after a few years of being removed and maybe re- revisiting revisiting it when I'm older, I won't really dislike it as much. But coming out of this movie, I was just so disappointed. I was so, so disappointed in this movie given the fact that this is such an important series in for movie lovers and for our culture and for people who appreciate the artistry of cinema. I mean, if if you look at all of the movies in the star Wars saga, you have everything from a 10 to a three and everything in between. I mean, that was drew's big thesis for his uh, coming out party as a star Wars hater (laughs) is that if you really average them out, it's just okay. But when it's great, There's nothing else like it. Mm. It is truly transcendent what these movies can be. And not just the movies, but what they mean to people, what they've come to represent in our culture and the stories that they've spawned and the influence that they've had. And this movie doesn't feel like a movie. I, I didn't feel like... I didn't feel anything, honestly. I... Half the time, I I had no idea what the hell was going on. I was so just fucking bewildered by the pacing of this thing. And that's something that I'm going to reiterate in this podcast is somebody just pressed the fast forward button in the editing room and just didn't let up. I was thinking
1: about this. And do you think that this movie would have been better if it was like a part one and a part two? Like or maybe, deathly hollow style or something like that at the very least yeah. or at least i think i mean once again this was the problem that this franchise was inevitably was going to have because kathleen kennedy wanted to treat it like how the originals were and let each let different filmmakers come in each of them write and have control of their own story they didn't have a kevin feige character guiding it around the whole time because otherwise, I have to think that the first act of this movie would have just been The Last Jedi, because there's a lot of uh, quest hunting. I said to um, somebody after I saw the movie that felt almost like a video game, where it's yeah. just like, we gotta go to this planet to get this item, and then this item is gonna help us find this finder on another planet, and it felt very video game-like, the movie, more than a movie.
0: The movie doesn't breathe. There, I think I could count maybe on one hand tops the moment the moments that the movie just slows down for a second to let you feel something, and those are those some are of the, the best, best moments. Those are some of the best scenes in the movie, and we're gonna we're gonna shout some out in the spoiler section. But to me, you know, I I went into this with fairly tepid expectations, given the critical reception, and given the fact that I knew that the emperor was gonna be a part of it because of the. The promotional material uh, and some of the things that the cast has been saying in, in the press tour really just confounding stuff, um, uh, making it seem like Disney, the Disney machine, was ensuring that the fans who did not like The Last Jedi would be in good hands with JJ's Episode 9. And I think that that's the biggest thing that really angers me about this movie. I mean, look, at the end of the day, this is just a movie. You know, we're going to move on with our lives. It's going to pass. We're going to see uncut gems, and we're going to have a party. <laughs> it's going to be great. This isn't going to change anybody's lives. But to some people, this is their lives. And this means a lot to them. And I think that a lot of people put too, ma- too much of their identity into Star Wars And when you have Luke Skywalker, your hero, throwing his own lightsaber off a cliff at the beginning of The Last Jedi, it personally offends people. It really gets under their skin. So that's why The Last Jedi got so much hate. And I think that that's why this movie is being defended by a lot of people uh, aggressively, because it turns to those people and it says, like, look, we hear you. We understand why you're upset, and we're here to correct the wrongs of The Last Jedi, which to me is fucking insane. That You can't, as a multi-billion dollar Walt Disney company, can't plan out your shit to make sure that your biggest movie brand is planned out the way it should be so you don't have a bold, visionary, creative filmmaking force like ryan johnson taking the hold of your middle chapter and running off with it like that blows my mind well, just, how I, did this happen you just can't do both they tried to do the whole
1: visionary director thing and then they tried to course correct based on uh people thought adam what were some of your like
2: highlights from the movie um i think surprisingly not the action in the movie is really good like i i didn't think the action the force awakens uh save for the lightsaber thing in the forest. That was great. Was that great? Um but in this movie the action is like genuinely really exhilarating. Like that opening chase with the Falcon. Um really cool stuff and like really hyper, unique really
1: unique. Hyperspace skipping. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I loved it. Like I, I'm like I that's that. so geeky, but I love it. And um and you know, I, I do think while I have some thoughts on maybe aspects of it, I think that Kylo's arc in this movie is genuinely pretty interesting, um maybe not necessarily what i what I would have done, but it it, it still hit me you know um
0: trying to say Adam that driver's as fantastic yeah oh, I mean, he actor.
2: is incredible in these movies, and um he he just once again gives a great performance in this um yeah, I mean it's just and also when it is emotional and um like you said guys, like it, when it focuses on characters that's when it's at its best like there are some genuinely like solid character moments in this movie that like hit home if you're a big star wars fan and um you know regardless of what you think of the rest of the movie there are these moments where you just feel like it feels like star wars you know like it feels like yeah that's what i've been waiting like three six nine movies to see and in that regard some of the moments worked there are moments that don't feel like they work and they contradict other movies, but there are certainly moments that feel like they pay off emotionally and it's a mess, but I, I do think overall I, I got something from it. So I
1: wanted to ask you something cause I, I've been thinking about this uh, since seeing this movie that I think that Kylo just has a better and a more compelling story arc than Ray does. Like yeah. I end, I end up cheering for, for sure. Kylo more than I did Ray. And I think that that's, one problem that's in this movie that Ryan Johnson, I think that his original plan was, okay, we kill the big bad Snoke in The Last Jedi. Now we're left with this very complex uh villain, but he's not like you still kind of cheer for him because you know that there's some good and that he has some kind of he's not just a generic evil emperor. Cause I mean, I'll say I think that the worst part about the original Star Wars movies is the Emperor. The Emperor is not interesting to me. He's just a like wrinkly old white dude in a hood. Like, there's he's, nothing. They make him interesting in the prequels. I
2: they, was gonna say that. Like, that's the that's the, the thing. Get, that's where they do right. Like, they make him an interesting character in those movies. I mean, I think that my
1: favorite scene in any of the prequels is actually it's in Revenge of the Sith. Whenever he's at the opera.
2: Yeah. Just yeah. talking
1: with Anakin. I think that's the best moment in any of the prequel movies. I love that scene. I, there's some good action se- sequences too, but I really love that moment for Palpatine. Um, Without getting into spoilers as to Palpatine's full point of being in this movie, because that's a whole other spoiler discussion, I think that where my uh, brain checked out a little bit on this movie, because I really think that the first, like, 40 minutes, I was like, I don't know what people are talking about. Like, I'm really having a good time here. We, I mean, aside from
0: the crawl where it says,
1: The Dead Speak.
0: <laughs> and I audibly laughed in my seat whenever I saw that. To be honest with you, I was out from the jump when I saw that. <laughs> you saw The Dead Speak? You saw like, that? Nope. I was like, oh I was like oh fuck we're doing this right so that's a problem
1: start. is that the crawl is just an entire movie in itself yeah. and I get like you know Star Wars they always do this in media res approach to filmmaking where they just drop you right in in the middle of the story but it's a lot a lot of plot goes on that crawl yeah
2: um but there's... I don't get why they said that in the crawl because like it's like they find out about the transmission like 25 minutes into the movie I
1: wanted to hear I wanted to hear the Emperor's podcast that he was broadcasting did you hear the it, it was apparently
2: on Fortnite, no yeah I, I heard that
1: that was a thing at uh, disney's partnering <laughs> up they did the so same thing with thanos and his fucking love and i yeah <laughs> um damn it so there is a moment without getting into spoilers where um you go to the uh i'm just gonna call it the burning man planet um one of my best moments one of my really favorite cool. parts um and uh there's a moment whenever you're on this planet where you think that somebody that you love dies and that really affected me. I was like, "Oh shit, we're going there. Like this movie isn't gonna hold back. We're gonna do it." And then you see it. that it's just like, you're "Not just kidding. He's on a different fucking plane. You're all good. You didn't miss anything." And I was like, "Oh, okay. So we're just not gonna we're not gonna kill anybody. Okay, that's that's just how this is gonna go."
0: Let's let's get to spoilers because yeah. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. <laughs> so Adam, any any final spoiler free thoughts before we jump in?
2: Um. I know I'm about to be t- torn to shreds and spoilers. So um, if I survive I, this, I this will we- my last transmission, like uh, I said,
1: this isn't anything personal against you. I I'm glad no, I that know. you enjoyed
2: the movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's um. Glad it's, the- I, I can't
1: wait to enjoy cats tomorrow night. Whenever I see it, about I
2: think it's a solid, it's, it's a decent star Wars movie. I, I think, I mean, you kind of alluded to it earlier, Ernie. It's kind of like in a, or however many years like when looking back on it I feel like everything's going to calm down and dare I say I think the prequels have been kind of beloved the last few yeah. years and I kind of think in however many years um, this will be looked at kind of fondly because the kids of this generation are really responding to this trilogy um, and I, I, I not that that excuses literally anything but I'm just saying I think at the end of the day it's a Star War and it's solid and it's good uh, for what it tries to achieve in some areas it doesn't but i think in most it does I so, think if, if the kids
0: solid. if the kids like it that's really the important thing because the end of the day this is, th- it's this, the is, kids is <laughs> this is for them this is for them and all of the adults that are getting really riled up about it it's a lost cause you know and you know this is this podcast is my opportunity to freak out about it because that's what i'm gonna do but at, in reality i don't really care but I'm, I'm going to pop off because <laughs> I was very, very let down by this movie. And my expectations weren't even that high. Yeah, and I was still fucking let down by this thing. Part of me feels like this is in the conversation for the worst Star Wars movie.
1: So I was this going to ask like you really bad. I was going to ask you that. Where does this I, I made a little rough list. Where does this rank in your
0: Star Wars movies? What would you put below it? So, Attack of the Clones is is truly terrible and awful. Movie. But, that movie is George Lucas off the leash on his own, operating with no bounds. Does that balance. excuse it, <laughs> anyway? What makes The Rise of Skywalker so egregious in my mind is that it is a reaction to... The quote-unquote real fans. Because Disney looked at the reaction to The Last Jedi. And they said, whoa. We need to make these people happy. Because they are the ones who are going to be going to Galaxy's Edge. To Disney World. They're the ones who are going to be buying every video game. Every comic book. Every toy that we put out is these people, and if we don't make them happy, we're going to lose money, so that's why I was saying earlier that this doesn't feel like a movie, this is like some Disney AI shit going in and scraping the internet for every check box that needs to be checked that rights the wrongs of The Last Jedi, but I mean, don't get me wrong, the movie does build on certain ideas that Johnson uh kind of uh, established with the last jedi but overall the attitude that the rise of skywalker has is very aggressively retcon major major moments of the last jedi and or even just like making fun of moments yeah. in the last and jedi and to me directly. that feels like a they don't have a fucking game plan at Lucasfilm to make this a coherent trilogy and B it makes the less, the last Jedi better in comparison because that was a movie that was going forward and looking beyond looking ahead. And this is a movie that's looking completely backwards, Mm -hmm. kill the past. And now like revere the past between these two movies. Yeah. So that's, that's why it made me so angry. I mean, in the large scheme of things, it's, it's fine. It's a movie. It's fun. I had a good time. There were some good laughs in there. I enjoyed myself in certain moments, but when I really think about it and I really contemplate like what this movie is trying to say and what it's trying to do, it feels so lifeless and so artless and so devoid of anything meaningful. It just really makes me sad. It really makes me sad. And It is made by J.J. Abrams, who can compose good shots and has an energy to his craft. And I think there's too much energy in here. I think this is a J.J. with his quickness backfiring on him. I think this is J.J.'s worst movie, easily. So with that, I'll, I'll... let you hunter have the last word before we go to sports well
1: adam quickly uh where would you put star wars uh the rise of skywalker in the star wars are we counting the spinoffs or just the spinoffs
2: um let me pull up letterboxd real quick i can tell you like before looking uh empire is still my favorite um what a
0: masterpiece
2: yeah still great um last jedi is my second favorite um, My third is Star Wars, The New Hope. Uh, fourth is uh, Force Awakens. Five is Return of the Jedi. Six is Revenge of the Sith. Seven is Rogue One. My eighth place is Rise of Skywalker. Ninth is Solo. Ten is Attack of the Clones. And my last place is Phantom Menace.
1: Okay, so we have a pretty similar list. I personally would put Solo above this. Me too. Um, it's
2: jump by a wide margin. I, it's not, I, I mean, they're pretty
1: close, <laughs> Um, for me, my bottom three—I mean, they're pretty much all the same. Uh, without like moving a couple around, I have learned. I I'm starting to kind of come back. Like Rogue One has really grown on me over the last couple years because that movie—that movie movie really went for it too. I I don't love the first twenty minutes where we go to eight plants in twenty minutes. Which, by the way, this movie also has a similar problem that I don't love. Um. 'Cause it's like Star Wars, I think part of it is the scope of just like you're in a place and you're just hanging out and you get to take it all in and yeah. whenever we jump around too much. Think about it's too much manic of anything. Return
0: of the Jedi. We're in Tatooine in Jabba's Palace for like thirty yeah, minutes plus. I, lo- I love that. Um
1: I think it would my bottom three would be Rise of Skywalker,
0: Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones in Same. that order. Same. Um I might I, a part of me feels like this is worse than phantom i'm still is, not, i haven't decided <laughs> is Jar, Jar binks
1: is Jar, Jar binks like low-key thick as fuck and like, does he deserve to be higher up on the list because
0: what george lucas i mean the phantom menace is a bad movie <laughs> but yeah. what george lucas was trying to do with that was so like visionary it totally didn't work but he was going for something truly bold and unique <laughs> and you have darth darth maul and that duel of the fates finale at the that end is, is so amazing <laughs> There's nothing like that in this movie.
2: I'm sorry, but like, I, I, I don't want to like debate it fully, but it's (laughs) like, I, I rewatched the saga like before this and it's like, I've really tried to see different points of view on the prequel and I enjoy revenge of the Sith, but Mm. I've tried to see, and I think there is validity to the whole, like it's Lucas's vision and like that entire thing. But like, I really think Phantom Menace and attack of the clones are like abysmal films. Like, Truly, like almost borderline unwatchable movies, like especially in a Phantom Menace, I like even less. Oh, because it is just like I'm sorry, the acting is literally that bad. (laughs) Yeah, God, if people thought hating
0: Christensen was bad, that little kid Anakin is just fucking horrible. See, I I couldn't bring myself to revisit those, which probably speaks to their level of quality,
1: right? (laughs) I will say, um, I did want to shout out, uh, um, a fellow uh, person in the podcast army with us, Sean Fennessy. Uh, his whole thing, one of the things that he said whenever we're talking about the movie is that Star Wars excels whenever it relies on philosophy and religion, and it falls apart whenever it gets into science. And I agree a hundred percent with that. Is that whenever we start talking about midi chlorines and shit like that, I just check out. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to know how this world works. I like it when the force is just this religious thing, and Anakin is literally like Jesus Christ killing himself and then rising back up. That's well, that's also like why works. I like the
2: Last Jedi so much is that like it's not so much about like lore, it's about the people and their yeah. mistakes yeah. and their humanity, and it's it's a beautiful movie because it like taps into more about like what Lucas did with the original trilogy, definitely, than more so like oh, like who's she related to? Like it's it's yeah. more just about the good stuff. And know.
0: there's so many beautiful thematic moments in the last Jedi. Like that that scene with Yoda and Luke where the the tree burns down. Mm-hmm. My god, it, that thing brings me to tears every time, just really yeah. distilling the theme of the movie of failure being the greatest teacher and Luke still feeling like he's not this master. I'm, this is not a last Jedi i review but so we
1: yeah i was gonna say we should get into spoilers i do have the plot pulled up so we get spoilers for everybody this movie uh box office wise it did underperform a little bit ended up making about one under 200 yeah it ended up making is, about 180 yeah, which it was projected at like 215 yeah it's not so. quite cats level i cats we should say has passed the five billion mark
2: <laughs> And it's See, first I, I think day. this is very telling considering this movie does a 180 on The Last Jedi. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and this movie is making <laughs> less money than The Last Jedi. <laughs> um
0: But the yeah, bottom it's... line, the what the stockholders care about is those toy sales and those theme park sales.
1: Yeah, where is my guy? Alright, I gotta pull him up because I'm already just like Carve out like a good three hours to talk about uh oh god what's Babu Frick? Babu
0: Frick. Let's talk oh, Babu boy. Frick. Alright, this is your last chance. Spoilers <laughs> right now. Rise of Skywalker. Spoilers now.
1: So who wore it best, Babu Frick or Baby Yoda? Um I mean it's gotta be Baby Yoda, come on. I don't know about Baby
2: Frick. Yoda waddled, so Babu <laughs> Frick could not yeah, Bobu Frick. Also it. Waddle.
1: <laughs> it almost sounds like his voice is like a stereotype, but I don't know what the stereotype is uh-huh. that it's the voice of It's honoring the prequels. It is very prequel esque. (laughs) I did did really enjoy Bobby Frick. I think Bobby Frick, I like laugh the hardest whenever he just popped up. I'm like picturing like a dude like Benicio del Toro in The Last Jedi come up and it's just this like tiny little alien creature. So getting back to what I was talking about before in the pre spoiler thing, we get to, um, let me pull up the name of the planet. Not Asada. Asada. There we go. Um, so we get to this, uh, Cool little Burning Man planet. Um, Lots of cool costumes. Lots of cool. I actually put a thought lot of that, work into I it. I thought that the color palette of it was really pleasing. I loved it a lot.
2: The puppetry too It was puppetry.
1: Great. Yeah. Um, then Lando pops up for like two minutes. Yeah. Hey, remember me? <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And then he's like, Oh, do you want to come fly? No, man. I gotta. I gotta slide out. I'll be back in the third act. Um, so <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I. Kind of feel like he's going to come back. Um, But oh well. Um, We'll see him again later, I guess. So they find the MacGuffin that will lead them to another MacGuffin. Um, And in doing so, there is a Ray Kylo thing. We have the moment from the trailer where she does the backflip over the uh, ship, which ends up, uh, it looks cool. It means absolutely nothing because Kylo's just fine. He just strolls right (laughs) out of there with his emo haircut. Um, And then they actually have like this little force battle over the ship, which was really cool. Really
0: cool. Yeah.
1: And then Ray loses control of her powers and shoots lightning out of her hands. That was
0: shocking.
1: And then, and <laughs> while well, Chewie's on the ship and I was like, Oh fuck, this movie is going to like, we aren't pulling any punches. This is the finale. They are all in mourning over Chewie. People were getting teary
0: eyed in my theater. Well, I gasped. Like, I held yeah. my face, my mouth. I was like, oh my God, Chewbacca's dead? He just died, just like that.
1: But JJ's like, no, just kidding. And just shows him to us on screen, like, literally, like, three minutes later. And it was the most undercutting a feeling. And as soon as that happened, I couldn't fully ever check back into the
2: movie. You guys really thought he died?
1: I thought They this, got me, yeah. I, I yeah, it okay. did. Yeah. It, it worked on me because I thought that that was a moment. Of course, this is a Disney movie. Raising is going to break bad. I'm not expecting that. But, but I would like to see her and Kylo kind of have different struggles. Like, that's one thing that The Last Jedi did a really good job of, is Kylo is somebody who has a lot of dark energy, but he's getting pulled towards the light. And Rey has a lot of light energy, but she's getting pulled
0: towards the dark. And I thought that right. this was going to continue at least that through line. Yeah, when that happened, when she shoots the lightning, I was like, oh my god, this is the movie right here. It's Rey with the dark side strong within her, and that's a story right there for a whole movie. Yeah, is our hero fighting the darkness within her? Also, I, I'm sorry, but I don't.
1: Chewie's fine. He can die. He's been in like he's been in enough of these. Goddamn and also, moves. we got his origin story in Solo. Like I'm good on
0: Chewbacca. He would mean enough. To really make us care emotionally about the stakes of the film, so he's
1: not even—he's not the first character that we uh, fake kill off. We then get a moment later on that's also in the trailers, uh, where C three PO has to get his brain rebooted, and we're just like, "Oh, C three PO is basically dying right now." Give it another twenty minutes, and then R two D two just backs up his memory, and then he's alive fine. again. Totally so. Fine. And there's just The movie moments, is
0: retconning itself. There's
1: so many moments <laughs> like that in that movie that just made it feel cheap to me. And I felt cheated in a lot of moments, a lot of emotional moments in this movie.
0: Yeah. I I mean that whole Chewbacca thing, man. He must, <laughs> he must have been on another transport. He must have been on another transport! He must have been on another transport? What the <laughs> fuck? What <laughs> what? Who the fuck wrote this? Chris Terrio Oh. I Chris Terrio So I I of we, we should bar, Batman v Superman fame. So we should to give this God movie damn it. <laughs> give this movie just a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna try and do that. Oh, the the Colin so, Trevorrow So bit? originally, of course, yeah. this
1: was Colin Trevorrow's script. He was gonna direct it. He still has story credit. He does still have story credit, so good for him. Um but this was supposed to be the way movie. And you can't. I. They were dealt a bad hand. Like this, they had all this stuff. All of Leia's scenes don't really make sense a lot of times while they're using it because they're like, "Hey, we just have, uh, deleted scenes from the Force Awakens that we just have to do that because we don't want to." Um, who was it in Rogue One that they digitally brought back to life? Oh, and, Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah, Moth Tarkin, and uh, that was bad and people were outraged by that and they couldn't yeah. do that with Carrie Fisher. So except they did do it. They for did do one, it at one scene. Point. Yeah. Which we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get that. Look we'll at that. Um, so of course, like that already, it didn't entirely make sense. The whole Leia thing. And I know they had to do a lot of rewrites of that, but that doesn't excuse some of the other things. Um, like everything with Palpatine in the very beginning of the movie, I I have so many questions about uh, um, Kylo
0: going to the the layer.
1: Yeah, about um about the planet Exegol, the forbidden worlds. Um I just don't so Kylo gets there and he sees just uh a like a that full of Snokes
2: just floating around. And he's
0: like, I laughed I have audibly. The voices in your head. And I
1: was like, okay, cool.
2: Yeah, as so as it starts, I'm like, oh, okay, so we're doing this, like, right away. Okay. Yeah, cool. immediately you're like, okay, cool, we're retconning everything for the first movie. Like, you don't even get a chance to, like... It's- it's actually kind of impressive how quick he does it. Like, it's honestly kind of impressive. Like, like you don't even get, like, five <laughs> minutes into the movie. And he's already like, oh, so this uh... is redcon." Like, I'm like, okay,
0: cool. Like, we're already doing it. It's almost like JJ's like, are you fucking happy now? I... <laughs> Look what you did. So I... I have a couple of questions
1: um, about this world. One, uh, who are the weird ape-like creatures in the hood? Because there's like... Snoke. There's like 10 million of them that are... It's just a bunch of Snokes that just like tidy up. Just, they sweep uh, the place the up or something. You know, what, about?
0: you know what would have been amazing? If instead of some Exegol whatever bullshit that nobody knows, make it Endor. Make it Endor, and it's a bunch of dark Ewoks, like Sith Ewoks... <laughs> that are keeping him is alive that better is yeah that better? i don't know if that's better i i we'll
1: we'll get to it but that is death probably star the best cr- looking thing is actually endor itself that they go to not the forest moon of endor but they actually go to endor itself Whoa. where the death star crashes so because return was
0: on the moon <laughs> of endor
1: yeah that was not a forest moon um uh one of my other things uh it's less of a question more of just a note that i guess uh the Knights of Ren were always just like nothing. Like not Jesus even JJ Christ. really meant to do anything with them. I didn't care about the Knights of Ren to begin with. They're action figures. <laughs> exactly. Just they, they got toys. cool suits. Uh Kylo took out like twelve of them in like thirty seconds at one point in the movie, so you're like, Oh, obviously these guys aren't all that shit. Yeah. <sighs> Adam, what are what are some of your favorite parts of the
2: movie? <laughs> <laughs> um i'm trying to think i really liked the um han solo bit i thought that was i when he appeared i'm like oh so we're we're going to the bottom of the barrel that might be the Uh,
0: that might be the best scene in the movie maybe no
2: i i agree like when i first saw him i'm like oh so we're like so desperate that we got harrison ford out and we flew him out to la for like two days uh, he
0: did work he looked like he was really putting in the work
2: I, I I
1: chuckled <laughs> whenever I saw him pop up. I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. Whenever we see him. Okay, so that comes. There is a 20-minute span of this movie where I was just so angry because it's just like the most member-berry. Like, I got served a member-berry pie. <laughs> and we have Han show up, and then Ray goes back, and we see Ghost Luke pop up and then Lando comes back in the picture, and we're just getting everybody back together, and it, like, it made my head hurt a little bit. (laughs) It's just me. I think that uh, one thing that I will say that's kind of a whole message for this whole movie, that it cares more about uh, finishing up the entire Skywalker saga than it does this trilogy with these new cast characters, is that um, C-3PO gets, like... Ten times the amount of screen time of BB-8 Who has been the main droid mm-hmm. Of this franchise And that's a very minor thing but that kind of sums up everything Oh yeah BB-8 8 is completely Forgotten
0: in this movie He just gets a fucking tree dropped on him <laughs> Look out for my boy BB-8 Jesus So I made a I made a list of things that I liked In the movie um, I made a list of things that I don't like As well Um uh, Okay first thing on my list of things that i liked we can get into this right now palpatine fucks
2: yeah i you know i I really wonder about that um more often than i'd like to because it's like who like where when how who like doesn't matter I, i want all the details
1: so it had to be Pre him turning, right? because he McDermott he's, he's kind of a he's a pretty good-looking British.: Wait, dude. I
2: actually have a thing because I read this on Twitter and I can't stop thinking about it. So if the th- compelling theory about the prequels is that she've impregnated um, Anakin's mother to bring Anakin to life, does that mean that Ray and Ben are related? I've seen that. Well, that's been a theory. That was a theory I remember wherever the prequels came
1: out, was that Palpatine was actually like Anakin's father.
2: Yeah. So I'm like, does that mean. We got to keep the incest going, baby. I, it runs deep. So, I mean, but really, though, like, if that little thing about Shiv impregnating um, Anakin's mother is true, they are kinetically like related. Like, that's... I, I don't know how... <laughs> that's... I, I don't know. That's
0: just... I, there's a panel of one of the comic books that shows Palpatine, like, force-projecting to Tatooine, and it shows him, like, looming behind uh, Anakin's mom, and it, like, zeroes in on her womb. So if that's how it happened, Jesus then... I, well, even if they're not... Even if that's not true ray takes up the skywalker name at the end of this movie so she's choosing yeah. to be Ugh. incestual with yeah. the guy okay, she, she just kissed. i'll just
2: say this i didn't mind that actually I, I i actually kind of dare i say liked it The like last yeah i didn't
0: bit. i didn't hate it i i mean the actors have good chemistry it's been built up that there is a connection there whether or not it's romantic
2: oh no not that i meant like the skywalker thing
0: like oh um, uh yeah I don't know, man. Why, why Tatooine?
2: Well, just to bury the sabers, I think. Like, I think that's appropriate. Like,
1: why not just right. say, like, my name is Ray and just leave it at, like, why <laughs> this nosy-ass lady walking over and tattooing, <laughs> hey, ma'am, what's your name? First and last.
0: Well, that's that's really the my biggest problem with this movie is that it doesn't make any sense in the context of itself. All it, everything it's doing is in the context of our world and our relationship to Star Wars. Which, look, uh, people are loving this movie. There are people that really, really love this movie because of that. Because they feel acknowledged by this movie acknowledging them. And I think that's great for them. You know, have fun. But as a movie... This thing, like, made no sense. It was <laughs> incoherent. It it felt really rushed and just, like, badly put together. I I honestly had no clue what the hell was going on for so much of it. I felt like I was on overload. Like, the movie had to just give me a fucking barrage of plot to just... Power through everything that it had to without being able to linger on any tiny emotional beat because it just had to get to the next plot point, and it just it couldn't by the time we got to the end, and Ray says that she's a skywalker by that point I was my brain was like fried i couldn't care i didn't care there's a moment where Chewbacca gets handed his medal that he was never handed in star wars a new hope and it's like okay here's your medal on to the next thing we can't we can't pay attention to that because we just have to keep moving on It's just
1: a little bit a little another sprinkle of cinnamon fan service on
0: top of and it's like what like in the context of the story that we're telling here that makes no sense why are you giving him a medal what's it for I, I agree that part is definitely fan service. honestly, I didn't
2: mind it because I think even The Last Jedi has like a little bit of fan service. doesn't make sense and it's okay. But I, I actually kind of will argue for the whole Skywalker thing being in theme of the movie. And I, I maybe they could have maybe spelled it out a little bit more. Like, And maybe I'm genuinely, I'm just looking too much into it. But I do think there is kind of a beauty to the idea that the kids of Vader they know more than anybody that your lineage, you can be like, literally Vader is a space Hitler. Like it is, it's, that's who he is. And they know more than anyone that it doesn't matter if you have like the worst father in the world. You, it, it depends on who you are as a person, who you choose to be and what you do with your powers. And I do think there is kind of a beauty in the overall message of the movie is being yourself. And, not letting your past or your lineage define you in any way like she is a palpatine but she doesn't have to be like palpatine and i think that it's more than just saying oh like i'm adopted by luke or leia she chooses to be a skywalker in the fact that she isn't going to be defined by her roots the same way the skywalkers
1: so i i I actually, I'm, I'm conflicted on that point because part of me does agree with you that I, I, you make I think it that sound very
0: convincing. I think that
1: I, I do feel like in time I might come around to the whole like her being a Palpatine and everything else. But it's like you said about claiming who you are and owning that. I would have liked it more if she was like, "I'm going to retake the Palpatine name," and like, "I'm going to change this." And I get like. Family can sometimes like it's more about like the people that you choose than the people that you're forced with, all that kind of stuff. Those themes are very important. I just, I mean, this isn't this is far from my biggest thing in the movie is whether or not she says Skywalker, Skywalker, Palpatine, or whatever the fuck at the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, that's it's just another thing. I feel like that will kind of grow on me more. I just, I liked it so much more, the idea that Ryan Johnson proposed, which is that anybody can have the Force. Like, think about the kids at the end of Last Jedi, that it's just the broom boy. Like, it's anybody can be Force-sensitive. It just opens up the universe. It flows within the entire universe. It's not just about one family line having it. Or two family lines having it. It feels very Game of Thrones-ish in that it's just like you have to be part of this house
2: or else you don't matter. I do want to say though, and I wanna clarify, like I do agree with you guys on that. Like I wish they kept it with that. Like I I'm not happy that she's a Palpatine. I do kinda of just wish that because, honestly, I don't even think the third act, by any means, is defined by the fact that she's a Palpatine. Like, either way, she's going to down with Palpatine. So why even relate her in the first place? Like, that's my question. Like, I was like, like, if you put her in that exact dilemma, like, when she, um, if you just keep the idea that she is not related to anybody, but that she is still a powerful Force user, just because she's strong in the Force, she would still be where she is, because palpatine manipulates like it manipulates the strongest people to go to the dark side there's nothing about her that has to be related to him like i feel like you could have had the same exact third act of this movie without ever relating her to palpatine like it doesn't even feel it feels like such an afterthought by the time it happens and that's what bothered me more than the skywalker thing
0: it feels hasty you know this whole movie going back to your point about like the fact that colin trevorrow uh was booted from the project this whole movie came together really, really quickly much, in a short turnaround. Much
1: like Kylo's new mask, it looks very stitched together at yeah, the scenes. It's
0: like they had a release date to meet, and they had to meet it at mm-hmm. all costs. And and it feels like it. It feels like things were just not really planned out. And they were like, uh, put put the Emperor in there. Uh, Just fuck it. Let's go. Let's move on. We got to shoot this thing. And the bloodline thing, I get it. Bloodline is part of Star Wars. In Empire, we get the Vader reveal. In Return, we get the Leia reveal. It's baked into the story. But we, in in this era, in our society right now, we are ingrained to the online discourse. And that's that goes back to my original point. About maybe liking this movie. Years and years from now. Removed from all of this talk online about it. But the reality. Of watching this movie right now. As it's coming out. Is that it is in direct conversation. With the online discourse. This movie. every Everything about it. Is tied. To the. Online fucking discourse and that's why it's so bad and the bloodline thing it just seems like a way for them to be like well that's why she's so powerful because she's related to Emperor Palpatine she has that bloodline so now you can't you can't hate us for making her such a powerful Jedi.
1: Yeah, that's that's the whole it's like the answer to the like...
0: The Mary Sue thing.
1: Yeah, the whole thing of just like, oh, well, why is she so powerful she never held lightsaber before against
2: lightsaber? I, like, I really want to cares? talk to somebody that like actually yeah, thinks yeah, the whole it's... Palpatine thing's good because like, I, I really, and I'm not trying to be like rude about it, like, but I genuinely want to question them and say, what makes the thematics of her being a Palpatine more interesting than her being nobody like i because i i've like that's why i've been praising the last jedi since the night i saw it because i thought what a beautiful message to have like for kids like but it doesn't matter if you don't even know your parents like you it doesn't matter if you're just completely alone you can find adventure you can find yourself being the hero of your own story like own your story and it's it's a beautiful message and and again while i do like the ending of this movie my big gripe is the palpatine thing overall because i mean like you said ernie like it's like the whole the the fact that this movie doesn't really make sense at times uh but like it's just also it feels cheap and like last minute it feels like a hail mary you know it's just it i I don't know it just it feels like it doesn't feel right to me um i I do think by the end they kind of nail the ending but just the overall Palpatine thing. I just doesn't sit right with me.
0: That's okay. why I I feel like there is not a, a truly good movie inside of this movie. Like for me, Solo, I didn't really love Solo, but I think there is a good movie. So you inside don't think that there Solo. was any saving this movie? Do no, you? no, because of the Palpatine thing, you can't shoehorn the Emperor into this story because it was never set up. The ending of the Emperor's story was Darth Vader. Returning to his Anakin self and claiming his place as the chosen pushing one, pushing him down
1: a shaft. Which guess what? That doesn't kill anybody. How many people in the Star Wars universe have been pushed down shafts to their death that haven't died? Luke did it. Luke, Emperor Darth Maul. Uh, Kylo in this movie gets pushed down a long shaft, and it's like, yeah, he's not gonna die. Um, but then so, we don't we don't even learn how he is back. He's just like, oh yeah, he's back. He just climbs up. He's been doing pull-ups. He can lift himself <laughs> up. Um, he went, he went and picked up a nice black outfit. <laughs> went full emo Kylo. And all right, I do. I meant I want Palpatine though. Oh Palpatine. How yeah, is he back? I, I who knows? Who cares? He's <laughs> hooked up. I heard somebody or I saw on Twitter somebody compared it to um the uh, um oh god what's it called an Assassin's Creed the uh, Animus. yeah the Animus yeah. that's what it looked like the Emperor I was hooked like up that. to that was kind of cool. that was a cool visual um. I do want to go back because we have skipped over like an hour and a half of this movie. Um, to some other things, I think did work. Um, everything at kajimi. Uh, shout out to Carrie Russell. Yeah, uh, shout out to Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell's eyes, I should say, <laughs> never see her whole face. Also, she's packing a little uh, little fat booty back there. <laughs> looks uh, looks pretty good. Carrie Russell, take off the mask.
2: But still not, thick as I guess, Babu Frick. So.
1: Yeah, no, no Babu Frick. I mean, as soon as <laughs> Babu Frick walked in, I was like, damn, now that could get it. That <laughs> thing could get it. Where are those whiskers? That faint mustache? I don't know. Um, How do you
0: put Carrie I thought Russell that that, in this movie? I thought that was... Well, and then you don't do anything with
1: it. Yeah, I, I mean...
2: I think that...
0: I really think it's just a
2: matter of JJ being friends with her and saying, Hey, you want like a million dollars or (laughs) a million dollars in the star (laughs) Wars?" Well, and also like, I think that that was cause
1: I mean, this was never going to happen anyways. We can do a whole thing about the gay kiss that happens at the end, which is the most nothing thing that I've ever seen in my life. Um, but there was a whole internet thing that wanted the the Poe-Finn thing to mm-hmm. just happen. That's what I was cheering for. Yes. Um, unfortunately, our girl Rose is just does nothing. I feel uh, so I for bad for her after she got like destroyed by the toxic fan culture, made her like delete all of her social media because people were like telling her to go kill herself To the point where like, she got so bullied that she didn't even want
0: anything to do. And those are the people... Well, I don't want to say all of those people, but a lot of those people are the ones that are feeling acknowledged by the choices of this film. Yeah, I don't... I So I feel like
1: um, Carrie Fisher... Carrie... Russell. Carrie Russell's character, um, that she was just kind of in here to just be a nothing love interest or former love interest for poe i guess i don't know we are hetero that did lead to one of the coolest moments in this movie because of course we have force talking now which is one thing that doesn't get retconned luckily and we have like a in head force lightsaber battle between mm-hmm. Ray and Kylo, that, cool. that I thought was really like I thought that the way that that was shot, where it kept it had like this rotating camera and like the back setting was changing as it mm-hmm. flipped around from each perspective. I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, and it's I uh, that it's a lot. an
0: it's an advancement of the idea of the their Force time communications. Uh, that they had in The Last Jedi. But, I mean, that's an element that's been in the movies for a while now. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, moments Luke, in the original trilogy where they each other. Luke and Leia connect other. with each other. So it's been set Adding
1: up. to the thing that maybe they're related. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that that was really cool. And whenever they get to, it looks like the place, I thought that it was indoor itself. Apparently it's called Keith Burr. The planet that they go to that the death Star It's lands called Keith. Keef? <laughs> Kif Oh. Keith
0: Burr.
1: I don't know. It's K E F space B I R, so Jesus. you tell me. Um Fucking... I'm just gonna call it indoor. I'm just um, I'm
0: just assuming all the writing to be lazy as hell at this I point. I don't know. Hey, just
1: call the planet Keith. Hey, this is Kevin. <laughs> um we ran out of names. I don't know. Um so I thought that this was the best looking planet, definitely. Yeah, the ocean lightsaber um, fight. Yeah, I just thought, I thought that that, that looked
0: really cool. Gave with me the waves. Revenge everywhere. of the Sith vibes. Like kind of like a Mustafar inverse.
1: Yeah, Mustafar with water. Um, no, I thought that was really cool. Um, I liked. Oh god, I'm trying to figure out her name now. If anyone knows who it is, yeah, Jana, um,
2: who definitely just sets up a Disney Plus show for herself at the end of the okay. movie. So I was, me and my friend were arguing about it after the movie. I'm like, I was under the impression Lando was trying to fuck. Oh, oh well, I think that he was. Yeah, but he also might be her dad. So. <laughs> That's what my friend was saying, and we were like arguing about it. But I'm he like, doesn't know that yeah and i'm like i'm like he came <laughs> up to her and was just like you might be my daughter yeah so we've had, had wait, brother
1: weird sister interest thing. it's time for daddy daughter this interest. is the pitch interest. this
0: is the pitch right here it's a disney plus show or movie whatever what have you and it's a backdoor remake of old boy with <laughs> billy B. <D>. williams <laughs> banging his own daughter without knowing it sorry spoilers for old boy
1: oh no oh god <laughs> that's the show I, uh, man, so that we bought a mic this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, um, what did you guys think about the Hux switch?
2: Um, I've done that actually. Does,
1: is that set up in any way at all, except for the fact that he's just like a jealous little bitch
2: boy against Kylo? i think it's not set up really um in any other, like significant way but i thought i just thought it was funny it like, is it plays for like, laughs I don't, I don't care if you win i just want him to lose i was like that's funny like that's
1: is
0: like, also <laughs> always great
1: i love Domnall. i i just love evil Domnall.
0: I, w- I want him to be evil in more things because yeah. he plays it really well yeah i i thought it was fine You know, I I, for a minute there, I was like, oh, where's this going? You know, because as soon as as soon as he's like, wait, let me shoot them. I was like, oh, yeah, he's the spy, 100 percent. And then, you know, he saves them and rescues them. And I was like, "Okay, here we go. Let's do something with this. No, he gets killed, like, immediately yeah, after. Yeah, and then
1: Richard E. Grant comes in and then just, like, fucking shoots Who's him Who's awesome in this movie, by the way? Yeah, I General
0: Pride. love Richard E. Grant.
1: Same. I liked him in this movie. He's, love him. He kind of did the Hux, like, what Hux did in The Last Jedi. Like, I always think about in The Last and in Jedi. And Force Awakens. Whenever Hux is, like, sitting there, like standing there in front of the banner, like, full-on Hitler-style. That's The like, Force Awakens. Oh, is that? Yeah, The Force Awakens. Like, it's like, oh... This guy's just, yeah. like, pure evil in this, and Richard E. Grant kind of takes up that mantle. Um, I really like that. Another thing that I liked on, I'm just going to call it Indoor Planet, was the Rey battle with her evil self.
0: Oh, uh, man, that could have been so much It could have been done
1: better, but that I... That was I, nothing. I thought it kind of gave me vibes, too, in The Last Jedi, the Cave of Mystery yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but it's just seeing this is what the I keep dark saying. side inside of her. It's like literally confronting the evil in yourself. It just it, head on.
0: It it moves on so quickly. Yeah. and then never goes back to it. That's this whole movie. It's like that's a great concept right there, Darth Ray. Holy shit! Let's explore that. Oh wait, we don't have time to do that because we have fifty other things to get to before the movie ends. And it just becomes a mess. A fucking incoherent mess. We got to uh, talk yeah, about Luke. I agree. Um, One of the worst scenes in Star Wars Is this history. like the
1: worst Mark Hamill performance ever? Mark Hamill is like legitimately bad. So uh, after
0: I thought, the incredible arc of Luke Skywalker in The Last And Jedi, the best
1: performance that Mark Hamill has ever given anything else. We like.
0: get a scene with him fucking catching the lightsaber that she throws into the fire and then being like that's not how you his, treat the weapon his of line Jedi. delivery
1: is so bad like may i don't as know well what have happened looked
0: into the camera and been like <laughs> are you happy now fucking kill me i'd be the guy though i kind of want to
2: defend the scene um and i'm a, again last july is my second favorite star wars movie so i should be as upset as anyone but like I actually think that's one of the better scenes that acknowledges The Last Jedi because there's this um I, I think by the end of The Last Jedi Luke realizes that he's wrong in everything he believed at the beginning of the movie he realizes that he doesn't have to like it doesn't like excuse his mistakes or like becoming a Jedi doesn't excuse the Jedi's Jedi Order's mistakes as a whole but he just has to be a hero for the galaxy and I think by the time he's a forest ghost in this movie, when he catches the lightsaber, it's just him kind of acknowledging his own mistakes rather than The Last Jedi. And maybe J.J. did it anyways to be a jab at The Last Jedi. But I at least think it's narratively cohesive to like everything that was going with Luke's character. I didn't think it was like out of character for Luke to do that because it, it felt right to me. And the conversation that he has with Rey felt very genuine. And I actually thought it was one of the best parts of the movie.
0: I totally hear you with that. But in the context of the movie, I don't get the sense that it's that at all. I mean, I totally I totally would see that, but if the movie slowed down for like 5 minutes to give us that sense of character development and let us know that Luke in his afterlife since his ultimate sacrifice at the end of the last Jedi had learned and evolved, and grown then i would be able to understand that this was an earned moment and there's so feel like he like
2: i feel like that development happened with what he did on crate like i think that action his sacrifice spoke for itself like i feel like if he didn't learn the lesson he wouldn't have gone to crate in the first place he would have just stayed on octu but like the fact that he learned the lesson was the fact that he even sacrificed himself at all to be the hero one last time which is why I think this, this scene works. Because he already learned that lesson in The Last Jedi. At least that's how I interpret it. I, that. he, I That's valid. Yeah. I don't
1: have a problem with that side of it. I think that for me, it was more so that that comes five minutes after we see Ghost Harrison Ford. And like I said, I chuckled. Because I just had a feeling I was like, yeah, they're going to go there. Because I was thinking to myself, I feel like that's a conversation that would have been had between Leia and Kylo. But oh, of yeah. course. I'm, th- I'm sure that, that doesn't happen. So, they like, called a Harrison Ford, and they're like, "Hey, can we give you a half a mil? You just have to come in and just talk in front of a green screen. There's not even a shot with the two of them together." Um Yikes! Yeah, and it was like that. And then as soon as I saw the hand come out of the flames, it was Luke. I like threw my hands up in the <laughs> air in the theater, and I just think that Mark, it was just, but like, everyone it was claps. a phoned-in performance, like. He doesn't even deliver the lines that the lines aren't great anyways, but he doesn't even deliver them very well. I think that that's why it more so because it like I said before, it reached a point in the movie where everything is coming at such a breakneck pace, and then we we reach a point where it's slowing down a little bit, but it's slowing down with all the characters that all the friends that we made along the way, <laughs> and not
0: the story itself. Right. Yeah. Right. Um so I have a couple more points of things that I did like. Um Jody Comer, get that money
2: <laughs> for 20 seconds
0: of screen time. If that If that? She's in there for like two shots. Also I I want to shout out the the action. Again, I mean for for what it's worth, you know, this movie m- did nothing for me on an emotional level. I felt nothing. But there were scenes where I was fairly entertained with the action sequences because the movie, I mean, it's competently shot and the visual effects are amazing. So there are sequences that look pretty damn great, even though I don't really care about what's going on and I don't really understand the stakes in it uh, at all. But there's some there's some good stuff in there you know the lightsaber fights are good the the lightning from palpatine going up into the ships that was a good moment
2: lander coming with the fleet i thought was like a really good star wars moment i mean maybe a little bit fans are received but i thought the dunkirk moment yeah i i got chills man i called I it did. the
1: avengers endgame moment and I, so I like tweeted something earlier today about like the three big winners for me after seeing this movie are Ryan Johnson, Avengers Endgame, and Watchmen. Pretty much because Ryan Johnson took it, took the IP in a bold new direction. Same thing with Watchmen, it tried to take the source playground and then just bring all of your own toys to it and make something unique and different. And at least if you're not even going to go that radical of a route. Endgame knew how to set something, like, to actually pay something off. And whenever the portals open spoilers for Avengers Endgame, I guess, the movie made, like, $20,000 billion, so you've probably seen it. But when the portals open up and everybody starts coming out in Endgame, I, like, I didn't just get chills. Like, I actually, like, felt tears, like, running down my cheek in that moment because it was so powerful. In this, I just kind of felt nothing at that point. Um, I do think that the action for the most part is good. Um, the space horses aren't as corny as I thought that they would be. Still a little yeah, bit corny. Fine. Still a little bit corny. Um, they're just running along the top of a plane, and you're like, I, isn't the oxygen level pretty thin up there when you're that high in the air? I
2: guess, but I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I I, I was fine with it. I mean, I, that's, I, I, that's, out of all the issues care. of the movie, I was yeah like, exactly. That's, space that's I don't, So I on, care the, on the
0: corniness point, I I wrote something down about that because. I did a rewatch of the original trilogy right before seeing this movie. Those movies get corny as hell. Yeah. Especially Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi is weird and corny as hell, dude. And I think some of the corniness in Rise of Skywalker is kind of hearkening back to that same sort of vibe. It doesn't quite work as well. You know, it doesn't quite land as effectively. But, you know, when when Palpatine shows up in this movie at the very beginning, I was like, man, this is so fucking silly. Like, what the hell are we doing here? This looks bad. You know, with the strobe lights flashing and he's like, <laughs> ultimate power. I was like, fuck, this is awful. But then going back to seeing uh, Return of the Jedi, he looks really silly in that movie, The Emperor. So it's not like he... It's not like it was amazing back then, either. You know, there is this consistency to all the Star Wars movies that that's part of the charm, you know?
1: Well, I like corny, like, whenever it is played... Like, I think that The Last Jedi is a legitimately really funny movie. As serious as it is and how it deals with heavy themes, I think that movie actually does... Like, even upon rewatch, it has good laughs. And I didn't really... Laugh as much with this movie, except for Babu Frick. Except Babu Frick, I was, I was getting horny as
0: I was doing Babu Frick on the screen. Whoa, sorry. That's for our Patreon subscribers. (laughs) Porky, you've been replaced.
2: (laughs) The old woman asks, "Who are you?" And she looks at the twin sons. "I'm Ray. Ray Frick."
1: (laughs) Babu Frick walks out of the hut like, "Yeah, this is it." You're like, hey, yeah, no, fuck Kylo, nah, fuck Finn, like fuck those
0: guys. You gotta get some frick dick. Oh,
1: yeah, for frick <laughs> Give me that frick dick.
0: Speaking speaking of Return of the Jedi, I, I wrote a couple of, of points as to how this movie directly links to uh Return of the Jedi. Could it is it is the third, you know, and, and JJ doesn't really know how to do anything else except oh. link back to the original trilogy. So I mentioned the corniness, uh, obviously Palpatine, the Emperor, like, duh. Um, the short little furry creatures, Babu Freak and the uh, the Ewoks, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, appeared for half a shot. Also, linking Leia to the bloodline of the Skywalkers, that happens in the third movie. I mean, obviously you have Yoda in Empire being like, there is another... But the actual moment doesn't happen until Return. So, the idea of having an established character linked to an established bloodline is something that George Lucas did himself in the original trilogy. And then the big thing that we got to talk about is the redemption and death of Kylo Ren, because that's the same thing that happens to Darth Vader Mm. in Return of the Jedi. And that's something that I pretty much knew was going to happen. Since the Force Awakens, like that was the logical arc for this character to be this conflicted figure that eventually uh, redeems himself and sacrifices himself for the 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 light side. I love Adam Driver. I think he's one of the best aspects of this movie. Um, so I, I want to hear from you, Adam. Like, what did you think of Kylo's arc? I mean, I, I don't think he gets as much to to do in this movie as he did in. Uh, Last Jedi, but he's obviously still a massive part of the story. So, how do you think it it ended up for him?
2: Um, I mean, I want to clarify. Like in the Last Jedi, I had a completely like different interpretation of where he was going than where he ended up in this movie. Because I thought, if in the Last Jedi, would he he definitively makes his choice several times in that movie that he has no interest in the light side, um, like he is told like he is given the opportunity to go home to leia save the rebellion like completely walk away from the first order and he chooses the throne of supreme leader and i thought in that moment ryan johnson was like trying to tell the audience like hey he is your villain there is no redeeming this guy um and i think he even solidifies it again like, on the Battle of Crate, when Luke is, like, where he asks Luke if he's going to, like, try to bring him home like everyone else. And Luke's just like, no, dude, I'm here to, like, put you down. Like, you made your choice. Like, he's made his choice so many times. And I I just felt like going into this movie, while well, I kind of knew it was going to happen, just because J.J. was back, Um, I was like, I really hope they don't do it. Because I, I don't see why. What's, I think there's something much more narratively powerful about a guy who is just corrupt and evil and he just dies on that hill than another Vader arc. So you mean more like Anakin's arc in the prequels?
1: but like he, Where he, he just, just ends up just falling into the darkness? Like, just where you left off just if it was Revenge of the Sith was the last one. It, yeah, essentially he she died on to, Mustafar.
2: Yeah. Like, I think that would have been a more powerful ending because there is a, like a Shakespearean tragedy yeah. to that. But... With that being said, considering I don't write these movies, and maybe for a good reason, because that would be fan fiction, but um, while this is not what I wanted narrative-wise and not what I predicted or any of that, um, and I think completely different than what Ryan Johnson had in mind, um, I won't lie, it worked. Now, the Ben stuff worked. I thought as a character, like the redemption of him alone worked. What didn't work was everything his romantic stuff with Ray, which I just don't understand for the life of me. Um, I'll get more into it later, but like, it's like she, this girl has seen him do nothing but mass murder planets. Right. And yet she's like attracted to him and she kisses him. And it like, I don't understand why so many people give him so many chances. Maybe they're both versions.
1: I I mean, that's interesting. I mean, maybe I, that's, Interesting that because I was always a uh Ray Kylo Ray Ben shipper. Um, I do see how it's kind of a very toxic relationship where like they he just keeps beating her down until eventually she's just like, Yes, join me, we can go together. It's not a great uh dynamic. But I think it's mostly just because both of them, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver, are such exceptional actors. Yeah. That I buy into it more. I do think that this is his it's not a bad performance. I still think it's quite good, actually. But I do think this is his worst performance in these movies. He's still great, though. I think that he's great. No, no, no. I yeah. say that just because I think that he has the least to do in this yeah. movie. I would like um, to kind of how little he when, had to do. In when he comes back yeah. after his Harrison Ford talk, and he's just wearing, like, black sweatpants and a black shirt, <laughs> I was like, oh, did he, like, come back in? Is this a reshoot that he just did on an off day for Marriage Story? And he's like, yeah, let me go by, like... Let me go by the gap and pick up some black clothes and then I'll hop into the studio real quick. Because I was like, what even is that like a v neck that he's wearing right now? Like, what's he just, happening? He has in the a scene? green
0: screen set up at his gym. <laughs> so he's like, oh, like, they're like, all right, so now you're out.
1: surrounded by Knights of Wren. So we're going to need you to put your hand behind your back and then just start swinging around and we'll fix it all in post. Don't worry, it'll be very gray. So it's hard to make out exactly what's happening
0: around you. Uh, I I still love Adam Driver. I'm I'm glad oh, yeah. that he got this role. My favorite actors. Yeah, he 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 did what he could. I th- I think the dynamic between him between Kylo and Rey is like one of the best parts of this movie and one of the best parts of this whole trilogy. They they really did a good job with that. Uh, you know, despite the whole mudding of the waters with the the Emperor storyline, I I I feel like. If you were to fix this movie, if you were to go back to square one and just start over, no Emperor, you just focus on that. You go all in on Rey and Kylo and that dynamic, and you make Kylo the bad, the big bad of the movie, but with the romance in there, with the connection in there, that makes it so much more dramatic. That gives you your stakes right there that this has guy, more of like a romeo and juliet style and but even not even that where you have your main antagonist of the story is also your main love interest to your mm-hmm. hero that would be so compelling to have your story end up at that point yeah and that's not what they did um but speaking of dynamics finn and poe I kind of feel like they didn't know what to do with them in this movie. They don't really have an arc. Yeah. They, they both get so, arcs in The Last Jedi. Finn goes off on his crate, uh, not crate, but um, cantabite adventure. Yeah. And Poe has his whole ordeal Which, with Holdo learning about authority. They have arcs in this movie. What do they learn? that they can't really get they along just as have a trio to keep chasing after daisy oh they're like oh what's that kid doing now we gotta yeah. keep chasing and they're after all, they're they're like oh we can't we have to be together we gotta be together and then they're together so
1: two notes on that one of course poe was originally supposed to be killed in the force awakens and people are like oh oscar isaac's too good we can't kill him and now in hindsight i'm wondering like maybe poe should have just died
2: cause... he said that in an interview he was like maybe i should just died in the first one yeah because yeah. it's
1: like <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We're like, you're just a good pilot. And they try and just be like, oh, well, we have to... You know a guy who's really good at hacking into droids because he used to be like a a spice dealer or some shit like that. Like, used to just run the streets of whatever this Blade Runner 2049-looking city was. But aside from that, like, I... Quick aside... I really like the Cantabite stuff. I know that's the thing that people hate the most about The Last Jedi. I thought that was really interesting to see real people that aren't on the rebellion or the empire that are just like, hey, uh, we want more Star Wars because that makes us money because we're Mm -hmm. arms
2: dealers. And that's some of the most interesting Star Wars stuff. I really like that stuff.
1: Everybody else in the world hates it. Just want to say, big defender of that. Um, But I do think that you're right. I mean,. It's even summed up in that Finn is trying to tell Ray that he loves her and then he never get he never does at any point in the movie, so you're like, Oh, is he just getting like cucked by Kylo? What about Rose over here because that was supposed to be like his love foil? And the end of the day, um, just nobody fucks. It's like Marvel all over again where just nobody has sex or has love in this world. I mean, Kylo
0: took his shirt off in The Last Jedi. He did.
2: You get to see those driver packs. Mm. Well, apparently what, well, according to JJ and uh, Chris Terrio, like, apparently what Finn was trying to tell Ray every time was that he's actually force sensitive. Like, I've never told you, but like, I have the force. And it's alluded to many times in this movie, actually, like when he, he can sense Kylo's ship before he can see it. Like he knows like which direction to take in the cave or like even it harkens back to the force awakens when he can use the lightsaber, not amazingly, but pretty much as well as Luke could in a new hope, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, and JJ just said like, we didn't really explore it, but he was trying to tell her that he's force sensitive. Um, yeah. It's interesting.
0: I, I honestly had no idea what the hell was happening with some of that stuff. I was like, so overblown that I I didn't even... I was like, what? He's trying to tell her something? And then the movie ended, and I was like, what? What happened? But Han in Return of the Jedi, I think it's hinted at him being a little bit Force-sensitive in that movie, from what I remember. Like, tiny little sprinkles of that. So it's... I'm sure it's harkening back to that. Once
1: again, the Force flows through everybody. You don't just have to be part of a certain bloodline there to you be go. Force-sensitive.
2: There you go. Well, I mean, that is originally the basic mythology of george lucas like even he has said like every i mean it even goes back to the fucking midichlorians it's like everyone has midichlorians or the force in them but it's just a matter of like how much good you have inside of yourself and like the force is more inclined to be drawn to you if you are overwhelmingly good or powerful like in your mind or something like that like the force calls to you because of you being a good person or even being a terrible person um and yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like, I just think it's interesting how Ryan Johnson seemingly has the most uh, like close to George Lucas's view on the Force, and yet George Lucas lovers still hate the Last Jedi.
1: Well, so I guess we could kind of use that as a quick little transition to like, do we ever think this Ryan Johnson trilogy is getting made?
0: I hope so. I hope it um... does.
1: I also kind of would like to see Ryan Johnson do more things like Knives Out. And not be tied up for 8 to 10 years
0: making a Star Wars trilogy. he seems to understand what the future of this story can be.
1: Well, that's one... That's the thing where I also said that he's a big winner. Because I think that Disney is eventually... They're going to look at this and be like... Oh, I guess we fucked up by... um, A, trying to please fans... And also bringing back somebody who is just all about feeding into nostalgia. I really like the Force Awakens. I like it in that movie a lot, but uh, all about nostalgia and has been on the record multiple times, including a New York Times article that came out like uh, a couple weeks ago saying that he's really good at starting things, but he struggles with ending things. Yeah, no then maybe you shouldn't have come back to write the final chapter of a. 42-year saga of of movies. the biggest
0: movie franchise of all time.
1: I, like, that kind of baffled me that you would even (laughs) think that's a good idea to say something like that. But maybe Disney will look at this and be like, as of right now, this is the worst-reviewed Star Wars movie of all time. And that's going to go up, because that was just with critics, that was pre-fans or anything like that. So, it will rise above some of the prequels and stuff like that for as far as its reviews go. But critics aren't don't like it. Fans seem pretty split on it, same as they were in The Last Jedi. And right now it's on course to make less money than The Last Jedi. Mm. So I think that Disney and Kathleen Kennedy... Kathleen Candy might get kicked out soon. That's a, another little thing. That Kevin Feige is now uh, slated to kind of be... Looking over the Lucasfilm's helm, um, I'm,
2: I like, I think Kathleen Kennedy did a good job of revitalizing the franchise, but I don't know if she's the right person necessarily, like, oversee the future of Star Wars because, you know, I, I love the Last Jedi, I love the Force Awakens, and I enjoyed this movie, and I've actually enjoyed every Disney era Star Wars movie, um, but at the same time, she's is equally responsible for this as she is for the good things she's done, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I there's some rumors about, like, Dave Filoni kind of taking over, because he essentially yeah. oversees, like, all the TV stuff right now. Well, the Mandalorian. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he... I I met the guy at Star Wars Celebration when I interviewed him, and he is incredibly insightful. Like, not only he like, a genius producer and businessman, but, like, he has a fundamental understanding of Star Wars. Like, he
0: was George Lucas's apprentice, so it would be wise, I think, well, to that, like, bring him in. That's another winner from this whole thing is The Mandalorian. I mean, the other day, I was, before, before I even saw Rise of Skywalker, I was texting my brother, and we were talking about The Mandalorian, and I asked him what he thought of it, and he was like, I love it. It feels more like Star Wars than the new movies. And that just kind of baffled me. Like, what does that even mean? What what is feeling like Star Wars even mean? Because when the first movie came out, it was a space western riff on uh, the hero's journey and old samurai movies. Is that what The Mandalorian is? That's not what the prequels were. Well, I think that it's more
1: something that the first three movies, like the original trilogy is really simple. Whenever you boil down to it being on weird planets with weird creatures and everything, it's hero's journey stuff. It's about trying to find solace and also trying to like do right by your father and trying to do what you think is right mm-hmm. in your journey. I know George Lucas... Like, somebody uh, was saying this, I don't remember if it was an interview that I read or something like that, but they were talking about, like, what makes a Star Wars movie? And George Lucas kind of gave some bullshit thing, they were like, okay, but we're, like, what inspired you to write that? And he was like, oh, well, my dad wanted me to come home and work in his, like, carpentry shop, and I found movies were an escape for me. People were like, okay, so it is about, like, your father. Like, that's what this all comes down to. It's something that simple. And I think that a lot of it is about vibe and Mandalorian is almost entirely about vibe. It's a very lightly plotted show. Yeah. And I think that the more that we get into these movies and as the canon builds upon itself, the story gets more and more complex when at the end of the day, sometimes it's better to just keep things simple.
0: Yeah. Adam, what do you what do you think about The Mandalorian? Oh, I love The Mandalorian. Um I think
2: it has the advantage over the um, new saga movies or even the spinoffs for that matter where it has eight hours to breathe opposed to Mm. having to cram one straight to two hours. And you know, the stories are going to end next this week when the finale airs, like there's going to be a season two. So I think it'll, I really kind of believe that the success of the Mandalorian is even and maybe even the failure of, I mean, they made 175 billion. It's not a failure, but the critical and other kind of failures of Rise of Skywalker just make me kind of think we're not going to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. For, I, I mean, I know the next one's dated for like twenty twenty one. I would not be surprised if it got like pushed another two to three years. Yeah, and we just maybe like on 23. Disney.
1: James Cameron needs to hurry up with those Avatar movies. A I really, I,
2: I really think the future of Star Wars is kind of Disney Plus until they get their shit together. Yeah, because it's like everyone is responding like i haven't seen this kind of excitement for star wars since before the last jedi came out like it, it when people talk about the mandalorian there's like no hate behind it like even some people don't like it but they're not like
0: furious about right. it you know mm-hmm. i mean like, i don't it, think it's it's like the best tv out there but i don't think it's trying to be that's I the think best it's just thing about really
1: it. good it's just a yeah. fun 30 minutes like I really, really enjoy this season of television. I yeah. think that, of course, Baby Yoda, he's great. Gotta love some Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is in peril as of the last episode. Really worried for that guy. Um, but I think that that show does something unique. It's also, like you said, it's not trying to be the best thing on television. The fact that it's a show that I do still care about and I do turn it, tune in weekly where we have a faceless just kind of, for the most part, emotionless protagonist that we're following, that's a feat. That's a feat in and of itself that we can't see Pedro Pascal emoting at any point in the show. And I think that it's a credit to the writing. It's a credit to Jon Favreau. We have kind of dragged Jon Favreau for the last few months post-Lion King. <laughs> but, I mean, he has a big winner on his hands. And I think that the next... There's a chance that John Favreau might make the next Star Wars movie.
0: Well, I could see that. I mean, And it's like, all gonna Adam be shot said...
1: with photorealistic lions
0: in space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna Honestly, be the spa- space horse
0: <laughs> I would love to see. Space that. horse wars. I have I, we gotta we gotta wrap up here soon, but I have kind of like a larger sort of big picture uh take on this whole thing. And there's there's so much in my head right now with the Mandalorian and all this because part of me thinks that you know, Disney is this genius media conglomerate behemoth machine that puts Baby Yoda in their show because they know that it's going to automatically translate into memes and online uh, internet content. And it's just going to self-perpetuate the marketing machine. It, it, they're, not, they're not stupid. They know what they're doing when they put this cute little creature in the show. It's very, very strategic. Genius. Absolutely genius shit. But going back to to Rise of Skywalker, this whole idea of this movie being in conversation with the online discourse and being a reaction to the conversation post The Last Jedi and the quote-unquote real fans that need to be pleased... That is the ultimate sin of this movie. That's the biggest mistake that this movie made and why it registered such a negative reaction in me. Because it's not just a bad movie. It's not just Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace level bad movie. It is actively going out of its way to acknowledge the toxic comments of the quote-unquote fan base. And giving them something that they feel good about. And I know that there's a lot of gray areas in there. And I know that there's a lot of people that had genuine, uh, valid criticisms of The Last Jedi and didn't like it for various reasons. But to me, the, The Rise of Skywalker feels like Disney reacting to that vocal section of the fan base that got really bad and really toxic and drove... Kelly Marie Tran off of, off of the internet and really is still two years later attacking people online about why The Last Jedi is horrible and why it disrespects Luke Skywalker and harassing people online about it. Like, they really feel like they're at war. They feel like they that this is a battle and that this is their movie that they have to defend. I'm seeing it on Twitter. Like it's fucking crazy. People are just like, like, yeah, we're out there fighting every day, defending this new movie because every, all the quote unquote critics are hating it. And we need to stand up for what we love. And, and I think is- it sets a bad precedent too. Cause like, what does that tell like
2: everyone? It's like, if you don't like something, like if you, just bully an actress so badly and you are so toxic on the internet and you let Disney know they'll reward you for it. Like what is that? that That's that's, dangerous.
1: It's not just Disney. I mean, we just did the Wabamie awards last week. Plug for a previous podcast. Check that out. But one of the awards that we had in there was who was the winner of the year. And one was one of the nominees was a winner that of course that had it before. it. it was film Twitter. Film Twitter has been, And it was... I can't remember one of the examples. But one of them was Sonic. Yeah. Was the big one. That Sonic... That got bullied so hard that these animators had to go back in and work God knows hours to pretty much just remake the entire movie. Because Sonic is in like every fucking shot of a Sonic movie. These poor people have to work so much overtime because of film Twitter. And I hope that these film Twitter incels that wrote petitions for them to remake the last Jedi and everything else. I hope you're happy. Um, I, if I have anything to say to you, it's that like, is a fucking movie. We do a pop culture podcast at the end of the day. I can still separate myself from something and say, it's a fucking movie. It's fine. Whatever. I'm going to live my life and this isn't going to affect how I live. And I think everybody else should kind of feel the same way. I mean,
0: the biggest takeaway from all this is that Star Wars is such a massive property and it's such a massive cultural artifact that sometimes we forget that it's just a movie. And sometimes we get too wrapped up in it. And I think that's the big takeaway here is that I remember when Force Awakens came out. I was so ecstatic about that movie. I was so into it. So wrapped up in the theorizing of who Snoke is and where is Luke, what's this island, why did he go into exile, Kylo Ren, what's happening there, like all of these mystery box things that that J.J. set up. I was so into it and I think that a, a section of the fan base took that to another level. And really went deep into the internet and the Reddit threads and the YouTube videos, the Wikipedia and, and all that shit, and consumed all of this theorizing content between the release of *Force Awakens* and *The Last Jedi* to really continuously fuel that. There are, I guarantee you, there are people that just all they do is watch these theory videos. And I'll when... be
2: honest though, I that was kind of me in 2016 before The Last Jedi, because I was obsessed. I was like, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a movie than I was for The Last Jedi. Mm. Like I was eating up Reddit fan theories like on my lunch break every day. I'd be like, oh, what's this theory? So, like some I like I read a ton of Ray Palpatine, Ray Kenobi, like so many things. And even after all that, I saw The Last Jedi, and I was still maybe even more deeply moved by that movie because of having all those expectations. And I don't, because JJ had a quote recently about like fans don't like he, uh, hearing that something they love doesn't matter. And I fundamentally disagree with that notion. Yeah. It's like, me too. Ryan didn't tell you that it didn't matter. He's telling you that fan theories and trying to write your own narrative before going to a theater doesn't matter. But the characters, the their souls, their mistakes, their past, their lives, the humans you see on screen, the aliens, even, but like every, the people that you see, the were and the world they, they live in matters, not so much your fan theories in
0: the future and the lore of it all. Exactly. And that's yes, what and- Rise of Skywalker gets so wrong is that it takes everything Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi about the emotional human weight and it says that doesn't matter. We're gonna relitigate and go back to the lore and the things and the objects and the nostalgia. Here's your medal, Chewie. Remember that? Remember? Well, I mean, that's. JJ also in that same New York Times article, like, kind
1: of like just talks shit about just like, well, I don't think that like twists work for twists' sake and for subversion's sake, but like, I think that The Last Jedi is like an exemplary example of subversion in its finest way. Same thing as Empire. When Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father, that's not just for like whoa what oh my god I have to write 120 characters about this thing it's there because like it's thought out and there is a process to it and granted I the original movies were written in the same way that these were where they did they I mean George Lucas had more of a hand in each of them but George Lucas didn't direct Empire Strikes Bad he left that to another filmmaker to put their own twist and their own flavor onto the story I I'm just I'm I'm kind of bummed, um, and I think that that's I, like you said, I didn't really have any expectations into this because I knew that this was coming. We have predicted this pretty much since the Last Jedi came out, and well, we it was all, since it
0: was announced that JJ was well, coming yeah,
1: because we all raved about the Last Jedi, loved it, saw the uproar on film Twitter and everywhere else on the bowels of the internet of people hating it and bullying the cast. And then when JJ was announced to come back, it's like, I like just had this sinking feeling
0: in my stomach. Like, mm-hmm. great. So, and,
1: and I was still
0: disappointed. And when I was, I, when I was, uh, in the theater right before seeing the last Jedi, I think that was the most excited I've ever been for a movie. I was yep. like almost having a panic. Panic attack with how excited I was I was like oh my god oh my god Oh my god I can't don't let Anybody walk out of a screening and spoil This shit for me I am so yeah, fucking excited!" Yeah I remember I got I like paid To do the fan event
1: for the last Jedi so that I could be the first person To see it so I didn't risk having somebody Say a spoiler out loud as They were walking out. and the with theater. this
0: I just kind of went
1: and I was like Well I saved it for I Sunday good. I was like I originally had tickets to go Thursday night and I was going to go at the theater next to the local college UCF at Waterford because I was the most local the one that I didn't have to sit in the very front row because I didn't buy tickets super ahead of time and then I like thought to myself I was like "Ah, do I really care to see it Thursday night there's a big basketball game on (laughs) This is only a one-time thing. I'm gonna see it at UCF, kids. I know they're gonna lose their mind. It's something that I'm not really gonna feel or care about, so I just didn't. I just saved it for Sunday. I was like, I,
0: I'll just wait. I'll just wait on this thing. I had good, good energy sitting in the theater right before it started. Like when that Lucasfilm logo comes up and it says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I was like, here we go, here we go. This is it. Let's go and then hopes were crushed as soon as the dead speak the dead speak i can't never gonna
1: get over that never gonna get over that
0: we gotta wrap it up so let's let's hear some final thoughts from you over the movie or star wars as a whole what what is what is the big takeaway for you
2: yeah i mean i've been you know i think it's beating a dead horse at this point i think the movie's decent. I, I think you've actually kinda of talked me down from good. I think I'm down I'm to sorry. Decent now. I'm sorry that we did this Adam. I feel bad now. <laughs> no, it's I honestly it's true. I it's, it's it's I think it's a fun movie and maybe that is there in life is the problem of it all is that it's just fun without being great. But I, I did enjoy the movie and I did think the big emotional beats worked overall to where I could say I liked the movie. I didn't but I definitely did not love it as much as Last Jedi or even as much as The Force Awakens um but i mean it's a seven out of ten for me i think it's a solid movie but what i kind of want to speak to like before we head out is like i at the end of the day i think with all this divisiveness and how i mean truly split the fandom really feels right now like i feel like even more than after the last jedi i feel like it's like in fractions you know like this um the fan base it feels like they're at war with each other and it's just terrible like it's a terrible time to be a star wars fan when it should be an amazing time you know and at the end of the day it might be bad right now but i do have a little bit of hope that it'll be okay again soon because i think there's so much outrage like on the internet like there was so much outrage when the prequels came out and if you look back at history there's outrage after empire and jedi too yep and i think after this movie just sits on the shelf for a while I'm not saying this absolves the issues of the movie or your critiques of it. I think it's all completely valid. I'm just saying the toxicity is going to die slowly. And I think everything's just going to be okay again. And then we're eventually getting an episode 10 with Ray in her like 30s or 40s.
0: And I and think I think the the internet amplifies a lot of these things. You know, if yeah. you talk to regular people on the street, I, I feel like most of them are going to be like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. You know, yep. a little confusing, but
2: it was fun. Well, when it ended for me, because um, I saw this at Regal Winter Park, and if you guys have been to that theater, when you're in the recliners, you can't see above or below you. You just see your row. And when I was leaving the theater, I had some mixed feelings, but overall I was positive on it. But I saw this little girl in front of me, and she like was dressed up as Ray, and she oh. had like a little Leia doll in her hand. And I'm like, well, there it is. Like, it, who cares what I think? Yeah. That's what it's about. At the her like, of the she day, her face, She's like jumping up and down with excitement. And I was like, that there it is. I'm like, that just tells me it doesn't matter what some 40-year-old outside thinks. It matters what she feels right now. Exactly. And how she's going to look at this movie in 10 years.
1: I love and that. And I that's... think
2: that's the beauty of it. Yeah.
1: You know? I, I mean, that's a great way to put it. Like, that's that's a great... I remember... I remember vividly seeing episode three in a theater oh. and I dressed up like a Jedi, yeah. like me and my oh, yeah. friends dressed up like Jedis and we went and saw it. Cause that came out in like 2005. Yeah. So I was about like 11 or so, 10 or 11 at the time. And I mean, that's, that's who this movie is for. And like, we just always lose sight of that because this has four generations of fans that grew up with these movies. They all live within you. And now. We always lose sight of that. I think that that's... At the end of the day, we've been very critical about this, Um and I I don't want to belabor the point, but, like, this is a kid's movie, mm-hmm. and, like, we can't... We all need to... At a certain point, you gotta take your action figures, and you gotta put them up on the fucking shelf... Or think, pass them down to the younger generation let them play with them. I
0: think Empire was the anomaly in this whole thing. Empire was the one that was like, hey, this could be this dark adult thing. And Jedi uh, was like, no, no, this is still just like a kid's thing. And then um, Last Jedi was the one that kind of like got a little bit closer to that point. But overall, it's it's a kid's thing. So I think we can wrap it up there. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming uh, on the pod. Thanks for coming on, Adam.
1: I'm sorry that uh, this, that we <laughs> might have re- heard this more. Hey, fully, man, but...
0: we all love Star Wars is the thing. We're not yeah. here to bash Star Wars. We're, we're That's critical why we didn't because meet Drew here. we love it. Drew
1: Drew was just going to talk shit the whole time.
0: I, I will always remember being a kid playing with my little Luke Skywalker X-Wing toys and and action figures and my little Darth Vader TIE fighter thing it's it's ingrained in in our in who we are it's just it will always be there and that's why I was so disappointed in this and I think that's why people were disappointed in the last Jedi too everyone has their own personal attachment to Star Wars and what it means to them and there's no point in hating each other over it that's just how it is you know, everyone's gonna have their own opinion, and it's just a movie, guys. Just it's amazing. just a movie. So, thanks again, Adam. You rock. I hope we have you <laughs> on again soon. Um, have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We're recording. Happy this.
1: second day of Hanukkah as we're recording this. Yes,
0: uh, um, Christmas is just a couple of days away. You'll be hearing this probably right around the the Christmas season. So, yo ho ho, happy. Uh uh Xmas, Merry New Year. Travel Happy safely uncut if you're gems traveling. Week. Yeah. Happy
1: Uncut Gems. Hey, here's the thing. Um if you're looking for a movie to go out with your family, go see Uncut Gems and or Cats. <laughs> And I guess if you're like I really need to see something that I'm driving it, just stay home and watch Marriage Story with your family or your significant other and then uh have a good talk after. We are going we are going to relationship.
0: Get, <laughs> we are gonna try to get one last pod in before the end of twenty nineteen, uh, talking Uncut gems and the end of Watchmen. We gotta talk Watchmen. Yeah. Uh oh, yeah. so please look out for that and then our big Listomania extravaganza in twenty twenty. Thanks again, Adam. Thank you for coming on. Was there anything you wanted to plug? Um, yeah, I've been uncut gems. Uh, you can go.
2: You, hey, I have two podcasts: the Critics Podcast, C R I T T I C K S, and uh, the Zillino Cannon. On uh, you can find both on an Apple, Spotify, wherever else you podcast. Um, and I guess maybe follow me on Twitter,
0: Adam J. Sedarius. Uh, yeah, th- I
2: guess that's kind of it.
0: Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Hunter. And thank you, listener, for sticking with us. I hope that this was a good podcast for you. If you stuck listening to it um, and you enjoyed the movie, let us know what you thought. Uh, we want to hear from you. We don't want to attack your childhood and your uh, your toys. So if this meant something to you, write to us at WeBotAMike at gmail.com. And on social media, follow us, rate us, recommend us after all this is all we got this is this is the only life we got and uh
1: be sure to forward us some uh
0: Babu frick big pigs. yeah if if <laughs> you if you went to see cats uh let us know what you thought that let me well. let me know what you think are about you okay Jason ball. so
2: i'll write into the show yeah I'll you right back in <laughs> thanks for listening Bye-bye. bye 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 bye